these are the days of our lives. Have you been on the internet? Have you seen that? Have you been, <laughs> have you been on, on the, the world, world wide web? web? Have you surfed it? Have I surfed the web? When was the last time you surfed the web? Um, I've never really understood where they got that metaphor from. Uh, it's just kind of you go there and you fucking smack Surf. the lip. You just, <laughs> you just fucking drop in. You say, bwah, <laughs> You just fucking, you just cruise, man. You just fucking, you hang ten. So petted. Yeah, and you get pitted. Yeah. You fight, the thing is, you just go in and you don't have a plan. If you're surfing the web, you don't go with a fucking plan, dude. This is like, this is the Wild West. You go out there and you're like, what am I going to find today? Follow the hyperlinks. Could Keep be, going. Could be fucking sharks, dude. I mean, it always leads back to orcas. All I'm going to do is I'm going to ride tubes. And that's why that <laughs> American dude thought that the internet was a series of tubes because it was all about surfing, man. And he was a real beach guy. <laughs> yeah, but he's closer it. to the truth, though. It is just mainly tubes. And the internet's not a big, it's not a big truck. It's not something you just jump stuff on. It's a series of tubes. It's a series of tubes. Ah, uh, that is a truly beautiful quote, um, and uh, it's a part of internet history that I'm very proud of and happy of. Hanging up on the wall. I would like to. You know what I'm going to do when I get home? What? I'm going to surf the web. <laughs> That's a dangerous thing to do now. They were telling us to surf. do that when we were kids. Be like, yeah, surf the web. There's lots of fun information you can find about whales and dinosaurs mm-hmm. <laughs> and neopets and new whales. And New South Wales. New South Wales. The New South Welsh. Maybe he wanted to call it New Wales, but like he thought it sounded a little bit like they had discovered a new species instead of a place. Maybe. Mm. I will let you guys know. Okay. New South Wales with an H. (laughs) New South Wales. Have you ever seen the whales in the New South? There are whales there. There'll be whales here. (laughs) I'll tell you who's really good at surfing the web is whales. Yeah. Any seaborne creature can surf the fucking web. The World Wide Web. <laughs> Fuck, stop. Can you imagine if there were worldwide spiders? <laughs> there oh are. World Wide Web formed by Wait, do you mean like one species spiders. is everywhere? Or no, you... I mean like the World Wide. If they, you surf in the web, right? Oh, I, yeah. You're out Sorry. there and that you, you're trying to hack the planet. You, you're hacking the planet. You're getting in there, surfing the fucking web, and all of a sudden you got you realize that you got to run. you got to flee these hyperlinks that you've gone down because <laughs> you've run into a, a worldwide spider and um, it's mm. not safe anymore. Yeah. Is that just malware? It's well, No, it's the spiders, dude. <laughs> it's like we if, entered if, their space. If the internet was as dark as it is now in the 90s and 2000s, that's what they would have said. They would be like, watch out for worldwide spiders who pretend to be other people. Because oh, that's the web, yeah. Because catfish doesn't sound as bad as it is. Yeah, exactly. They, they chose a silly name for that. Well, catfish yeah. are kind of fucked up. but Venus flytrap. Uh, a, a spider. A, a, webs, <laughs> a, a worldwide spider. Yeah, I like that. WWS. But also the idea that maybe it's not worldwide spiders, but maybe there is one massive worldwide spider that just awaits oh at God. the center of the internet. And if you if you surf the web too far and too deep, mm, you this, find this it. is the Balrog of the, of the net space. And also its warmth, its heat creates the web. And we should never have created the internet because what the internet has done is it's created like, it's essentially a portal for us to enter the space that the spider has always lived in. Mm. And so it, it's, it was uncharted territory. So we built the web to contain it. And much like the ocean, it's kind of... No, no, we, we built the web unknowing. This is like a, this is like a fucking... Uh, event horizon situation like where you know you've you've we we have the internet now it was based as a result we have tiptoed into lands we were never meant to tread which is the 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 world wide web of the uh, world spider the world spider so that's the thing much like the ocean and how deep and scary it is we shouldn't be surfing in that 
There's a lot yep. of scary things. The sharks. There's all not, it is the same with the World Wide Web. We should not be surfing that. And I think that's why they changed the nomenclature of the term from surf the web to um, just being a person. <laughs> <laughs> Living everyday life. Living everyday life. Into you, the dark web. There was, you know, the dark web is where the, the spider resides. It's yes. a spooky place to be. What about the deep web? The deep web is actually beneath the spider. Okay. <laughs> and so that's the only safe place to be. And if you ever wanted to kind of like attempt a coup and overtake the spider, that's the place to do it from. But first you have to get through the spider itself. Yeah, the thickness of the web is actually the thickest under the world spider. And because it's a spherical spider... Um, it what can actually a see spherical it. spider. Yeah, like like imagine. Do you mean it doesn't have like multiple lumps? It's just a ball with legs. It's <laughs> not legs. scary anymore. No, it's scary. It's a it sees all. <laughs> it sees all. Just kind of hovers with its little legs. <laughs> Omniscient long legs. Yeah. Oh god. The granddaddy. I don't long know legs. if anyone. I was picturing a giant of Australian redback. knows what a daddy long legs is. No, they're not Australian, are they? Okay. I thought they were like <laughs> fucking fact <laughs> There's been comedians that are not Australian talk about daddy why long legs. Why do they name it a daddy long legs? The classic meme of like, yeah. you know, why don't we just call this one a long legs? Hmm, not sexy enough. <laughs> not kinky enough. <laughs> call it daddy. <laughs> but now the world spider okay, is like that. it's a constant uh, it's a constant threat. And the thing is we know that it's not necessarily going to leave the world wide web. Oh, they're literally everywhere. Yeah. It would they're everywhere. <laughs> but it, but like we know it wouldn't leave, right? Necessarily. But if we tread on its territory too much, it might try and expand the web. Uh, yeah, especially because we need it to. We need to appease it like a dragon. Because this yeah. bit has it been powers. going on for way too long. <laughs> it it powers, I'm, I'm too it. far into it now. Yeah. I can't turn back. It powers the web. Yeah. So we can't destroy the spider. Yeah, no, of course, because that's the thing. We didn't realize that the web was actually being powered yeah, we by built the it spider. out of the the, the, the loose webs, that and we, we were so stoked with ourselves. We were like, "Hey, check we out thought this, we could play this God. human <laughs> achievement that we have." But no, it was actually a result of the world spider just waiting for us. So, kids, if you're out there listening, uh, just be careful surfing the web, okay? Because it's a sticky mess, and uh, you might get eaten by the world spider, <laughs> which is a ball. <laughs> Dokey people, welcome. <laughs> welcome. It's good to have you with us finally <laughs> to this absolute mess of an episode of the Music and Everything podcast. We're back, baby. It's happening. Yep, yep. And today's episode, uh, we're going to be talking about our home city of Brisbane, which is really exciting. And actually, this topic was recommended by one of the members of our community on Discord. Who are a bunch of absolute legends. And if you want to join us there, just head to the link uh, in the bio of our Instagram profile, which is at the Music and Everything podcast on Instagram, and you can come hang out with us there. Always a good time. And also don't forget that we also have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash T-M-I-E podcast if you want to support us and get loads of bonus content and good fun there. Plugs done. Straight out the gate. <laughs> Nailed it. Thanks for sticking around, everybody. Uh, the three of you that are left. 
so Samantha today is wearing a very fancy chief investigator hat and knows everything about Brisbane that there is to possibly know. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> try to live up to that. Okay, shit. Um, Let's go. Um, I don't know everything there is to know because there's so much happening in Brisbane and there's a whole period of time that, you know, we're only beginning to unravel and, and actually spend time understanding, which was pre-colonisation Brisbane. Brisbane. Yeah. Um, uh, Do we know what the name of the area was? Yes. So Brisbane increasingly is being known as Brisbane Mianjin. Mianjin. Mianjin, yes. Okay. Which stands for? It means, uh, it's, a, it's from the Torrible language and it means spike. So it's, if you think the, the Brisbane River where the CBD is, is on that little sliver. I okay. Have, that was the name of same. that little sliver. Oh, because it's on it this tattoo like, here. Very I have handy. a tattoo of the Brisbane River We're on my put body. A photo of Samantha's arm tattoo. Yeah. This is the, that's oh, where the CBD is, right? So it was just like a, they named it after the shape of a river. Yeah, the yeah, shape of the river itself. Yeah. That's yes. tight. Yeah, so um, that's actually the, the, the older, oldest name of Brisbane. What's the, uh, what's the colonization name? More like what, what is Brisbane after? What do you mean? The word Brisbane. Like, is it a name? Is it a bloke? It's a name. It's named after a person. Oh, yeah. Right. Which yeah, is uh, Governor Brisbane, I think. Like, yes. I mean, oh. it, was just a, it was just a governor's name. Yeah, governor, like a boring name. Governor guy. Thomas Brisbane. What a fucking boring we name. We could have called South the Wales. city Tom, and that yeah. would have been fucking great. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> also, uh, Logan, which we're not talking about today, but mm-hmm. was named also named after a guy, Captain Patrick Logan. Patty and Tom. Yeah, it would have been sick. It what are we thinking? Anyway. But we also could just call it Mianjin, which is dope. It is dope. It is an excellent name. Yeah, and I'm actually really, that's one of the things that's really um, been an interesting transition in the last five years is the use and like incorporation of indigenous words into our everyday vernacular mm-hmm. where people are referring to like the river, the Brisbane River as Mewa because that's what it was known as. Like a lot of place names are having these Brisbane Mianjin or are just completely being renamed, renamed. to their so traditional name. Fraser Island, yeah. which is off the coast, like um, just an island off of the- Six hours drive north from Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. and it's it's um, it was called Fraser Island mm-hmm. um, and it's now been officially renamed to Kagari. I think it's, it's pronounced Gari, Gari, yeah, but yeah. the K apostrophe is because the G has quite a, a glottal- Right. Gari, the like the pronunciation of vice is just like treated as silent. Yeah. Okay, so it's, Gari. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, Which which is kind of sick because I think that what that does is it kind of, it's reflective of the fact that broadly Australia is moving uh, towards accepting and and moving towards reconciliation uh, in a way that we weren't and in a way that a certain percentage of our population (laughs) still fucking isn't and being really resistant to. Arguably older members of the population on the whole. Yes. And younger shit cunt members of the population. <laughs> um, speaking of shit cunts, I'm pretty sure Fraser, the guy who uh, Fraser Island was was renamed after, was a bit of a dog cunt as well. He was um he was awful. And But it was named after wasn't it named after Elizabeth Fraser, the woman who was stranded on the island, yes. was helped. Yes. by the local people living on that island. Mm-hmm. Then she left and her way of thanking that was to talk a whole bunch of shit about yeah, people on the island, alleging them. cannibalism, which wasn't occurring. What the yeah. fuck? And then, then actually sent people to the island to have a lot of them killed. Oh yeah, God. and there was actually... So we've gone to a bad start. No, and we, we are going to start... We're going to kind of start here because I think it's important to sort of highlight this. So mm. um, in Fraser Island, there's like this... There's this narrative that there's 11 days where people arrived on the island, we don't know what happened. 11 days passed, we don't know what happened except a lot of Indigenous people were killed mm-hmm. and then the, the colonisers left. And there's been some incredible 
artwork being kind of produced to memorialize these moments because there's been a movement in a lot of areas to recognize frontier violence. Um, because it's important. Because it's important and yeah. not just put a plaque on a stone, but actually yeah. do something to make you feel something. Yeah. And so one of the um, academics that work at the university that I work at is um, she's an artist academic and she is producing and cr creating these incredible pieces of art that are meant to memorialize and commemorate these Specific moments. moments yeah. And so she's um, participating in creating one for Fraser Island uh, because there's a place that was called um, Indian Head. Okay. Uh, and they're going to put, uh, I think the intention is to put a memorial at the top of Indian Head to commemorate these 11 days of silence, which we don't know anything about. So speaking of, of islands, the ones much closer to Brisbane, which are kind of in encompassed in Greater Brisbane in a way. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, <laughs> was uh, Stradbroke Island mm -hmm. now Stratty? Now, so we know it as North South today. Like there's North Stradbroke Island or Stratty and South Stradbroke Island or Stratty or Stratty. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the Kondamuka name for this the island is, was Manjerabar, um, which is again increasingly slowly becoming used. Mm. Now it's not South Manjerabar or North Manjerabar. The reason why is because up until the late 19th century, it was one sand island. Oh. But what happened was is that some of the Europeans, like, they crashed a ship into the island and then in the effort to get and it out... And they just didn't stop, just like, <laughs> gung-ho, boys! <laughs> they, they tried to, um, like, uh, demolish it to get it out using a ton of TNT, but they did so much of it that they actually split the island in half. Okay, right. So, and right. now it's two separate islands. That's... <laughs> So fucked that I can't believe it's true. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. and it is a hundred percent true, and that is exactly yeah uh, oh a, a really nice uh, backgrounding to yeah. the settlement so, of Queensland. Yeah. So um, the settlement of by Queensland. <laughs> so before we maybe get into the settlement, I think it's important to acknowledge the fact that there was uh, people. There were peoples here. Well and truly before Europeans got here. <laughs> well and truly, well and truly, we truly mean tens of thousands. Tens of thousands of people. <laughs> and for Brisbane, there is um, the Turbal and Yagara people uh, that sort of it's it's complicated, I think. You did a little bit of research. Yeah. It's, it's a complicated thing, but we re we acknowledge the Turbal and Yagara people because there is That's a distinct. little bit of yeah. distinct there's a distinction between them and mm. there's So for example, Yagara was a as a sort of name given as a language group, because oftentimes when when we're trying to separate like um, different groups and, and nations that existed in the past, or perhaps still exist now, that we're doing it via language groups. Yes, yeah, so there's like um, the because there's so much cultural no, and there dislocation. There's also no barriers to you know, there yeah. was, no one's drawing lines on a map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. exactly. you've got like the Eora Nation in Sydney, in Sydney yes. which is acknowledged, and you also have certain people of the Eora Nation who are acknowledged when they when they do acknowledgements of country down. Right. There. Yeah, so it's like, and then Torbal was like, a, they're like a a specific tribal group that was on. Um, the, in, where the CBD is, Mianjin land. Mianjin land, yeah. basically, yeah. And so they and they had uh, a deep connection to kind of the central, like the the central sort of feature of Brisbane, which is this river that sort of is the dominant force. Yeah, because um, Brisbane is a river city through and through. And if you visit yeah. Brisbane, like it, a lot of people don't realize just how big the river is. It's like huge. they sort of visit and they can sort of go, oh yeah, there's a river or whatever. Yeah, so oh maybe it's like Melbourne's River, the Yarra, where it's like a drain it's yeah, it's, from my it's perspective. Easily swimmable <laughs> yeah. and float across. And so I have a tattoo of the Brisbane River on my on my body because I think it is a, a incredible if the shape of it is just so 
recognizable it's iconically and distinct. Brisbane. You know what I mean? And it's it's classic Brisbane shit. Yeah. But it's what you miss. And when you're so away. there was this deep relationship with the river and um when we talk a little bit later about uh, living in a place that has many natural disasters occurring all the fucking time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The indigenous <laughs> people had an intimate connection and relationship with the river. Right. It was such a core part of their life. Mm. Um, and they knew better than to settle on the banks of it because they were like, well, the, she is a, a bitch. I would <laughs> very much like to have a riverside view. Yes. Though. That sort of brings us to like, what the Europeans did with this particular, oh. that particular conundrum, because you said like, oh, like obviously, like the traditional owners of the land were uh, aware that it, you shouldn't like settle right next to a river yes. that is a floodplain. So, um, what is Brisbane? Why is Brisbane? Yeah. These are the questions I asked, and the answer is Brisbane is a prison. Um, nice. <laughs> so, are we go- are we That's ready? That's how it felt like growing up. Sometimes gonna- I was going to say it was like when I was a teenager. It definitely sort of probably came out of my mouth so- once or twice. And better than this place, I'm going to fucking get out of here. I'm going to move to Melbourne. So and basically, turns out Melbourne sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 um. And okay, I do want to get actually. Let's get this out of the way. We're all Brisbane. Kids, you were born in Perth. Born we don't right. hold it I spent like a fucking month there, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> so, but we're all Brisbane kids. Yeah. We feel very strongly about being Brisbane kids. <laughs> yeah. And what's interesting is I never did. Like, I just joked about mm. it, but it's like <clears throat> I had that same thing of like being a teenager, you know, oh, this place is too small for me. I'm going to go to where things matter and blah, 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 blah. But then, <clears throat> interestingly, much like I also resisted how Australian I was. I think I talked about that in the Australiana episode where it's like, I didn't really see myself as Australian. I didn't really see myself fitting in in Australia. And then I traveled the world mm. and just realized how fucking Aussie I am. By the same token, flying back after being away from Australia for a month, doing some really difficult stuff you know, on tour and getting through all of that, flying back into Brizzy and looking out the window and seeing that brings a tear to the eye mm. because these are where my roots are. This is where my family is. And it's really special to me. So it's like, I am Brisbane, and Brisbane is me. Mm. Uh, vote one, Jim Gray. <laughs> and so, to, the reason I bring that up is because there is, a, and we did talk about this in the in the Australian episode that sort of north south vibe. North side, south side, the war. Well, but not just that, but also like us, Sydney, and Melbourne. So yeah. we actually, I had a sorry to interrupt, but I had a had a moment many years ago in 2015. We were playing a show. I remember in support of a Swedish band called Opeth and we were in uh, at Eaton's Hill, Function Hill, Function Center, fucking massive venue, beautiful venue, up on stage, tons of people. And um, I, I, I was just gushing a little bit and sort of saying like, because it's, we're stoked to be here. It's really exciting because we're from right here in Brizzy. And big cheer from people, and one fucking dude in the front just yells out, North side or south side? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like that's a whole other thing. We are going to talk about that because it of feels the insane. Ever. That's, the best that's incredible. But what I'm trying to say is, um, we are different and better than Sydney and Melbourne. <laughs> I'm putting different it different and better. Okay, different and better. That's actually the city slogan, isn't it? Different and better. Brisbane. Different, different and, and better. better. But you know, like the difference of, of north and south. Sorry. <laughs> Stop it. Excuse me. <laughs> the difference between north and south in Australia is like is very distinct, and like people in the southern cities often use phrases to describe Brisbane and Queensland, like you know the deep north, or like sort of characterizing us as a bunch yeah. of hicks or bunch something. Actually, yeah, they love yeah. to do this. This is so it's very fun. actually. I'm I'm gonna get to the settlement, but like okay, I promise. <laughs> okay, so Queensland takes up probably the top. Would you say top? 
I said top third half. to half. Top, top half. It's it would massive. take more than twenty four hours straight driving. Yeah. Well, more to get to the top. Probably more like thirty six. Of the east Non-stop, coast. No pee of, breaks. No yeah. sleep. Of of Australia. Yeah. Brisbane is in the most bottom south corner of that. (laughs) So when we're talking about Brisbane, we're literally talking about the bottom of the state. And so when Melbourne is calling Brisbane deep north, they are forgetting that Cairns exists, clearly, (laughs) because Cairns is like, or Cape York. And that's very much what people in North Queensland tend to say about, and like, you know, Brisbane is... Brisbane is see themselves as Queenslanders. People in the far north are like see themselves as North Queenslanders. <laughs> see like Brisbane as like the Southerners. city. Yeah. <laughs> like Okay. So it's very funny. It's all lies. <laughs> <laughs> it's all lies. Nothing is real. So why why was Brisbane founded? Prison, you say. It was a prison. So what basically happened was Earl Bathurst, who was the like Colonel uh, Secretary um, in New South Wales, Mm -hmm. was basically going that transportation to Sydney was not being an effective deterrent for crime, for crimes, for criminals. We should probably point out to people unfamiliar with Australian history that um, the the fact that Australia was founded as a penal colony itself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They landed in Sydney. Yeah. Be, transportation was a basically a method because they so basically in England their prisons were getting too full and they needed a way and a mechanism to deter crime and so they decided to use transportation. They found, well, they didn't find Australia. They stumbled into Australia and decided this looks fine. Um, didn't ask anybody on the land if they could use it, which is a problem. Mm. Um, and then they basically sent prisoners here. They sent criminals here. And it was a basically a colonial project to see is there a way that like they can establish a new colony mm. as prisoners, oh, and it was sort of a military outpost as well. Yes, and, so, so, and as funny as penal colonies sounds, <laughs> it wasn't funny at all. It wasn't funny at all. It was dead serious. And so what happened was that they found so they did all of that and they landed in Sydney, and then a, they were like, well, this isn't working. We're getting a lot of people being sent to Sydney. People are still committing crimes. And so we need something that's going to be a worse punishment than being transported, which they decided was being transported to Brisbane, (laughs) which says a lot. Um, So... (laughs) Oh, God. It's it's funny. It's it's funny, but it's not funny. Um, Yeah, because we're in the subtropics. So, like, from an Englishman's perspective, it's working in the sun... Yes. Um, hard yakka, as yes. the phrase goes, which is actually from a terrible word meaning yaga, meaning strenuous work. Get fucked. Oh, nope. sick. So, so cool. Um, yeah, like would be kind of punishment, yes. more punishment than the temperate yeah. kinds hard of Sydney. Yakka. And so, haven't heard that particularly for time. the recidivist convicts, the people who kept committing the crimes, they were like, we needed something that was going to restore the terror of transportation. The terror in Terra Australis. <laughs> <laughs> Putting the terror. Um, and so what basically happened was Governor Thomas Brisbane in 1823 instructed John Oxley okay. uh, to explore Morton Bay to find a suitable site. And, and he was a mappy lad, wasn't he? What yeah. do we call those? A mappy lad. A, a cartographer? cartographer? Yeah. Mm. And what they found was... <laughs> is they takes pictures they, of travelling people. So they, they got lost and they landed on Morton Island, which is... <laughs> Great. Okay. And the indigenous people of Morton Bay helped them, gave them food and water, and uh, in response, they didn't kill them. So that's nice. That's nice um, of them. I love then, that that's the bar. <laughs> that's the bar. It? Fuck. So Oxley wasn't on this trip. He'd sent people out. And after he heard about this, he tra- he himself travelled up and got to Redcliffe somehow, which is not near Morton. How did he do that? Well, <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. 
These guys clearly didn't know how to fucking Redcliffe sail. Redcliffe these days is like a, a sort of very northern satellite city almost. And is it nowhere near Moreton Bay? Well, Moreton Bay encompasses the whole shallow yeah, bay. Yeah, because it's Brisbane. in the Moreton Bay region. Yes. And I should say for clarity, I don't actually live in Brisbane. I used to, but I live just north of Brisbane in the Moreton Bay region. Uh, Brisbane is such a sprawling city that you yeah. still say Brisbane. You might as well, really. yeah. Yeah, you're basically from Brisbane. Yeah. Um, and so what they did, so they got to Redcliffe and they were like, oh, wait, this is going to work. So Redcliffe was the original site, was going to be the original site for this penal colony mm-hmm. rather than where we ended up. So they, they actually had every intention of setting it up and they actually did set it up for a while. And then the mosquitoes happened. <laughs> yeah. So the mosquitoes happened and uh, they were terrible and it was um, untenable because like they were like, we want this to be bad for the convicts, but it also it doesn't ha- it can't it be bad for them. It sucks for us. Yeah, and really that's like, like that. not what the vibe was. <laughs> so they ended up traveling. So basically, Redcliffe sucked, and they moved. Yeah, on. they were like, fuck this, <laughs> and then they too moved bad to- for the worst <clears throat> criminals. Yes, <laughs> and so then they traveled to the banks of the Brisbane River, and so the Brisbane River Maywa is an estuary, so it's a uh, a point where freshwater and saltwater meet, and it's tidal. Because um, so it's, it's on the way out. Because it's fucking on it's, the way out. It's on the some, way out, sometimes. on the way in. Yeah. And so John Oxley <laughs> was like, you know what? This is better. We love this. Mm-hmm. This seems like a vibe. It's got access uh, through the river, although they did have to dredge the river in order to get boats up it, so that I'm not sure. Whoopsies. Anyway. Um, and he liked two sites. He liked Breakfast Creek and he liked Milton. And then... He liked Milton. Yeah, so he liked Breakfast Creek and Milton. And I want to be it's clear. It's like he's like picked the, the okay. two most floodable <laughs> yes. places in the city. I want everyone to... I love to... places that are low and flat and kind of sticky. About. Okay, I want everyone to look at a map of Brisbane and find where Milton is. Guys, get out your maps. Find where Breakfast Creek is. <laughs> get and out then, your refugees. And then see where the city ended up being, which was neither of these places. <laughs> right. Um, because Commandant Miller, who was sort of sent as like the, the person who was going to be like setting everything up... Mm-hmm. Ended up just choosing the spit, which is where they ended up being, uh, and we don't know why. There's no written evidence why he chose that spot. He didn't write that bit down. We don't know when he decided Brisbane Town was going to be founded. (laughs) So we don't have a foundation date at all. No, we (laughs) do not. We don't know why. But he chose um, the little spit. That's the most Brisbane thing ever. It's just like (laughs) not giving a fuck about the fucking... You can sort of... I guess you can kind of look at it... Okay, when you look at the river, mm-hmm. you can kind of figure out why. Because if it's meant to be a prison and you're mm-hmm. meant to make it so that people cannot escape very easily, mm-hmm. having water on two axes of your town, mm-hmm. a river that, by the way, can have bull sharks in there, True. Um, is going to make it very difficult for you to have like points of escape, which means you only really have to make sure you, they're you not going up. You have one point of escape or you via the river. But the other it. side is the, uh, Spring Hill, which is very steep. If that was covered in trees and mm. stuff, it would actually be quite yeah. difficult to escape. Um, but this is so funny to me because like, I remember just like one time being stuck in like peak hour traffic on a bus out of the little Mianjin spit where the CBD sits. And it was just interminable, like an hour trying to get out of it. And I was thinking like, no wonder we have trouble organizing public transport, which is designed to get people in and out of the city because Brisbane was founded as a prison. (laughs) (laughs) This spot was chosen so that it was hardest to escape. (laughs) So in the spirit of making it the worst place to be and making it not, um, you know, not the vibe Uh. so people don't do crimes, uh, they... (laughs) (laughs) Not the vibe. It's not the vibe. Um, so in 1826, there was about 200 convicts here. 
Um, and they they didn't have a lot going on for them, but what they did have was excellent, brutal punishments. Oh, good. So, oh, lovely. EBP. Yeah, we love that. So the whole point of Brisbane was fundamentally uh, grinding corn and wheat into flour and, like, milling timber. Mm-hmm. So in Spring Hill, they set up, like, a windmill. Um, and that's still there, isn't it? I think it there's, is still there's there. There's, like, a heritage side still of, of, the, of the windmill up on yeah. the top of it. And they would have, like, so they had two millstones, one which was wind-powered and one that was driven by convict power. By human people. Walking on a treadmill or whatever... Yeah. Getting their steps in. Getting their steps in. Um, and the commandant, the third commandant, Patrick Logan, Captain Patrick Logan, was considered notorious for being exceptionally brutal is the language that they use. He, right. Um, so they said, like, who? yeah, the Brisbane was created not because the criminals were worse, but because we had to send Logan somewhere. Yeah, like, he needed to be sent somewhere. Well, he can't be here yeah. anymore. So the, and, and there was a report sent to Big that basically said the Morton Bay convicts suffered particularly harsh treatment. Brutal. Because um, it was called the Morton Bay Penal, penal Sediment. Penal Settlement. Sediment. <laughs> sediment. So... Yeah, raw if, you, if you have penal sediment, you got to fucking get that looked at. <laughs> so, founded in 1826, it only lasted like 18 years. So, on the 10th of February, 1842, the penal settlement was formally abolished and it became um, basically just a colony at that point. So, it was point. only for a very small amount of time. Yeah, and they ended up, I think they just realised that it's like, we kind of need to like do some development uh, now. Because this is where it gets up to the foundation of Queensland. Because at this point, this is still just nominally part of New South Wales, which is basically the entire country. Yes. Um so Queensland, with Brisbane as its capital, was sep- became separate in 1859. Distinct from New East Wales. <laughs> <laughs> you have to stop. That's England. You got it. <laughs> so, how and why Brisbane was founded is such an important, I think, aspect of understanding Brisbane now, because it is considered. It has often been considered the least cultured city in the country mm-hmm. because when you compare it to Melbourne and Sydney, even when you compare it to something like Perth, it doesn't have a lot going on. And we are only recently sort of, has it become less of a sleepy city? I feel like there is an element of untruth to that. That has always been untrue. Like, so for obviously in recent years, um, what I've observed about Brisbane and it helps that I don't live in Brisbane because then when I do go visit, like if we're playing a show or something like that and I go into the centre of Brisbane, I see how much has changed really, really significantly. And there's a lot more hip shit. There's a lot more vibes of like it's a world city. There's like genuinely cool shit going on in Brisbane now. It's grown a lot. So like that's becoming less true over time. But I think there was an element of untruth to it forever and of, of bias because like we do have heritage buildings and old cool shit the way that say Sydney or Melbourne do it's just that they weren't celebrated in the same way Mm. and a lot of them were destroyed I think Sam's going to get into some of that at Mm. some point as well later in the episode Mm. but um yeah I I just I just want to state for for the record that it's just like there has been a lot of bias and chit chat about Brisbane being fucking like you know big small town kind of thing and a lot of that is biased from sydney and melbourne yeah see like that's what i was gonna say is like um it's changed so much in our lifetimes like my memory of even it, my adult life yeah yeah my memory of it as a kid was as a really bland place like even the city was just it was just a really boring place mm-hmm. but the thing is brisbane in like the 50s to early 80s was considered that and that's where the stereotype of the big country town comes from yeah people still say that and it, to a certain extent it's true there's sort of this like 
everybody in Brisbane has this thing where like there's this one degree of separation between everybody somehow and um, <laughs> everybody Honestly, talks about what school they went to for some yeah, reason. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I do also wonder whether like so the 50s to the what do you say the 80s? Yeah. How much does Joe impact that? A great deal. So the what, thing, yeah. Like, jo, by the way, Joe Joe Bajaka Peterson was the Premier of Queensland for uh, forever. For, uh, ever, forever. Yes. Such a long time. Um, you have some stuff about Joe. Yeah. I think it's important. Are we going to talk about that now? I think are we. we, are we? I think are we? <laughs> we might as well. I think we should get all the big, the big overarching. Uh, yeah. So things. one of the Jackson reasons. Big ugly. One of the reasons why Brisbane and Queensland has a reputation. One of the reasons it has a reputation for being really conservative compared to the rest of the country is partly because we were ruled by what was ostensibly a fascist dictatorship for like 30 years or 40 years or something. Like that. <laughs> really? um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, you know, um, you know, with only mild exaggeration, really, most people who live with it would probably just accept that exaggeration as reality. Yeah. Um, so well before our time. But um, Joe Bjorki-Peterson was the Premier of Queensland from something like, I think, 1968 to... Um, 1988, which is a in Australian terms, that's a tremendously long amount of time. Yeah, until the Fitzgerald inquiry. Yes, until the disgrace, yeah. <laughs> until the resigning in disgrace. So, stage. who? When? Okay, so we you said a fascist dictatorship. Yes, what let's elaborate. You, what do you mean? So the in most of the country, the conservative parties are the Liberal Party and the National Party. Ironically named the Liberal Party. Like, so yeah. when, <laughs> when, you, when you talk, when Australians talk about the Liberals, they're not talking about the same way that American conservatives say the Libs. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's very complicated. We mean a right-wing party. Yeah. So, uh, and then the Nationals are sort of like the country equivalent of that. They're a kind of rural equivalent. Mm -hmm. Every they most, used to be called the Country Party. They used to be called the Country Party um, at the beginning of Joe's time as Premier. It was yeah. the Country Party. Um, so the, in most parts of the country, those two parties work together in coalition. The Liberal Party are the bigger one, though. And so they're the ones that are kind of in charge. And then the Country Party slash National Party were around. But in Queensland, through that time period, from the 50s all the way to the 80s, was just the National Party in charge of the coalition. So Because of how much agricultural land and how yes. much country... There is in yep. Queensland. It's massive. Because it's, it's fucking massive. huge. And yeah, most like, you know, New South Wales, you've got Sydney has so many people in it and it Sydney dominates politics because of the number of people. But Brisbane, even today, it's like almost split 50-50 mm. between Queensland and Brisbane. So anyway, the point of that is that like, it's not just that they're in power because of um, there's lots and lots of farmland. It's they also rigged the electoral system. So. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. The corruption. Oh, the corruption. Yeah, so... It was. It's called the. It's called the Bielki Mander generally, as a play on gerrymander. Yeah. Um, and it's basically just that they found a way to have uh, electorates with fewer people in them, uh, in the country, and with more people in the city, which basically means that there were more seats in the country per person right. uh, than there were in so the, the city. So the elections were heavily weighted towards heavily weighted. Voters. Yeah. Um, it's probably, they, they didn't actually set that up. The Labor Party actually set that up way back in like the 30s or something because the Labor Party used to be agrarian because of all the shearers and stuff. Because yeah. so of the Labor They were trying to get representation for <laughs> Queensland workers. But they, unfortunately, they didn't um, rip up that piece of legislation before they left office. Um, they should have shredded it. They didn't shred it. <laughs> they didn't foresee just like the level of fuckhead that was about to come. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the, basically um, what Bjorki Peterson did was um, cement that. And so not only did that keep them in power to an extent, but it also meant they dominated the Liberals, which meant that they were more right-wing. So Queensland had a much more right-wing party that favoured the regions over the city. Right. So, um, and that was not reflective necessarily of the, the culture of Brisbane as a city at the time? 
Yeah, well, no, Brisbane, Brisbane was still, again, mostly like progressive left wing compared to right. the countryside. Most of the Labour seats being were, relative. Most of the Labour seats and the Liberal seats were in the city. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So basically this party became just iconically corrupt. <laughs> right. Uh, and especially with the ties to the police force. And yeah, as early as the early 70s. too close to the sun. You're making him sick. Are you hearing that? Um, you know, a famous example is with the Springbok tour. Uh, Springbok tour was in 71, I think. Um, Springboks being the South African, South African football team. Football the team, the apartheid team. team. Yeah. And there was protested all around the world when they toured. Mm -hmm. um, and when they came to Brisbane, obviously all the, the tours were happening. The um, Bioka Pearson government banned protest. So protest became illegal, illegal in Queensland, um, which is not only How fascist. How do they fucking do that? We don't have like, see, Americans listening might be going, how is that possible? Like, isn't there we some sort of bill of rights house. or something? It's like, we don't have bill of rights. And in Queensland... We're a unicameral system. Yeah, we only have... We don't have an upper house. So because the nationals had a majority in the lower house... They could just say things. They, they could, could just do whatever pass they whatever wanted. laws they wanted. We still they have a unicameral system, by the way, so we've got to keep a close eye on these people. <laughs> Watch like, these motherfuckers. Yeah, so they outlawed protests. And in fact, there was, a, there was a letter that was sent that you can actually find that was from the Premier to, I think, uh, the Minister of Police or the Commission, I don't remember, basically saying, you stop this protest right now. I'll make sure none of the boys get uh, charges. Do whatever it takes. What the fuck? And what the fuck? Do whatever oh it takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, Jesus this is, Christ. And keep in mind, I said this is in the early 70s. This is early in the Bjorki Peterson era. Like, this is yeah, early on. This, this, this is level of like hubris. We've fucking gone mad with power 10 years ago. <laughs> I mean, this. how like, quickly they went from being like representing the country's interests, like the, the country. And not the countries as in Australia's, but the country the as country. In the country, the bush, um, to I'm going to be corrupt and like work with the police in a way that is like uh, just I would put uh, cash, someone else's cash money on the table yeah. Yeah. Uh, to say that they never represented so the country. There was a That's rampant police good. corruption um, linked to several people who ended up going to prison mm -hmm. um, by the end of this whole <laughs> era. Um, by the 80s, they governed alone and the Liberal Party were almost going to form a, go a government with Labour. That's how bad that got. Jesus wow. Christ. <laughs> uh, that's, that's how bad it got. Uh, they, they are enemies. <laughs> yeah, they, are. they would never be seen like talking to yeah. each other. Yeah, so and in the 80s, what happened um, with the Heritage Building? So <coughs> He feels so strongly about that? this. So um, this is what I mentioned before, that some of them were knocked down. Yeah, some of them were knocked down. Like, so we used to have a huge amount of built heritage um, in the CBD, um, but what they would do is because there were already heritage laws in place, so they would just under the table um, make money off basically um, allowing de demolitionists and um, developers to in the middle of the night. Like I'm not kidding, like it's literally Little in the middle of the night. Cloak and dagger, cloak and dagger stuff to come in and destroy it before they could be stopped. So that then of course they could profit from the developer money. And this was such a rampant problem that a significant amount of heritage buildings in Brisbane are just gone and you just don't see it. Like I'm always shocked when I go to Sydney and Melbourne and Hobart and everywhere yeah. and, and I go like, there's just old stuff everywhere. And I mean, when we say old. <laughs> yeah, we say. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about like late 1800s, early 1900s buildings. Yeah. Like at the oldest. But like to us, obviously as a young nation, that is, that is a heritage element and that is something that's important. And in fact, 
it's kind of important to state, I guess, that in Sydney and Melbourne, they do celebrate these things by kind of allowing their natural decay. I mean, particularly in Melbourne, you'll see whole, particularly like really hip areas, like in Fitzroy and places like that, where it's like, you've got these run of old buildings, the whole street is that, the, the kind of, you know, there's a bit of peeling kind of plaster on the outside. They're, they're, they're not trying to modernize or whitewash <laughs> this thing. It's just kind of like, they are they are celebrating the, the history of it. Um, and that's in a way that, not that we don't want to in Brisbane, but that we can't because of this corruption yeah. having destroyed some of our history, yeah. recent as it might be. Yeah. yeah. So one thing we should mention about Joe as well is that like that is kind of part of the icon and people's imitate, uh, imitations of Queensland, like their vision of Queensland, um, is that he was like a... like. I don't want to say Trump-esque, but, but it is this sort of populist energy where he's like, like so folksy that it's almost Just absurd. Just telling it like it is. Like in press conferences, he would always be like, if someone was like, well, what are you going to do about this? And he'd be like, oh, don't you worry about that. Was the thing he'd say over and over again. Um, <laughs> just you wait and see. You don't just need, you wait you and don't see. don't need to see our identification. Um, with this really, really broad accent. Um, he would actually refer to news conferences as feeding the chooks. Which is just such a scary thing to say, but not as scary as this one. On this is Joe Bianchi Peterson on press criticism. The greatest thing that could happen to the state and nation is when we go, get rid of all the media. Then we could live in peace and tranquility, and no one would know anything. Amazing. Well, when, like, when you said fascist dictatorship, that's like yeah, you would not actually exaggerate. Well, the stories <laughs> really. of people who lived under like li and I say like lived under Joe. Queensland that were like went on holidays and like crossed the border into New South Wales and like breathed out like they regained yeah. freedom. Yeah, because that's, that's like that's like a quote from somebody. They're like they were like going on a holiday and they just <laughs> felt they relaxed because they were like fuck they can't touch me now <laughs> like I'm out of out of their control like it was it got oh thanks bad. Uh, now I'm only. Only subject to the New South Wales police. Yes, <laughs> Thank God for that. Oh, Who fucking jeez. Um, yeah, so like, you know, let's not forget as well that Queensland was one of the last states to decriminalise homosexuality yeah. in not, 1986. Not the last one, but not one the of the last ones. One. The second one. last. Yeah. Yay. The second yeah. last, but always. Also the I want to government. clarify that that's the year of my birth. <laughs> Just for, yeah. Um, the Nationals government, they also put in legislation that meant that if um, any restaurant or bar could kick you out, if they suspected you of being a sexual deviant mm. of any kind, mm -hmm. um, like so, this is this is the kind of life that people are living in the eighties. So, like the idea, this is what people talk about, like when all the Dude art of like Brisbane. Feet, get the fuck out! <laughs> of here. In the seventies and eighties, this Brisbane being seen as a conservative and restricted and unhappy yeah. place. Yeah, because it was. Yeah, because it was, but not by the people. Hence the the song <laughs> "The Saints um, Stranded." Yeah, the Saints were like a pioneering punk band, and mm -hmm. they were from Brisbane. And they were just from the suburb of Inala and recorded a song in the garage that was I'm Stranded. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, it's just, it's iconically of that time. Mm -hmm. But this all changes, right? Because uh, eventually this, they, uh, they get turfed out of government. They and around the late 80s. fucking wrecked. Yes, they do, in fact. Well, not um, as wrecked as they could have, but wrecked yeah. nonetheless. After a huge corruption inquiry yeah. and, and prison sentences. The Fitzgerald and, inquiry. Indeed. But in 1988, there's something that's a lot more fun that happened that changed Brisbane forever, which is Expo. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It seems so funny to think about that now. <laughs> yes. What is Expo? Yeah, it's like the world. <clears throat> oh, God. <laughs> it's the world spider. It's the so, world spider. You yeah. should really yeah. put a pause between your cough and when you start talking. <laughs> <laughs> 
the World Expo. So it's, it's the same thing that was happening in like the World Fair of 1899 or something, except it was happening in Brisbane for reasons which I'm still not across, to be honest. I should have found out. Is it <laughs> Why kind of like drawn Brisbane? out of a hat like the Olympics or some shit? Or? They have drawn out of a what do you draw it? Do you draw it out of a it's set a of selection rings? process? You a selection put your process hand based up. on like is like, it like the Eurovision song contest? <laughs> like everybody picture everything I just said about this bland, repressive police state yeah. in the early eighties, and that they wanted a tender or something to have the World Expo occur there. It's yeah. just almost absurd. How big was the hat, Sam? Is it ten gallons? Well, it is the World Expo, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so just like the Olympics, the World Expo was huge in a number of ways because. <laughs> One, <laughs> tons of Sorry, people I'm came. Just, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? You're gonna kill him. Um, obviously, it it uh, was a huge exposure for Brisbane because mm-hmm. people were going there. But also, it had was a chance for the whole city to reinvent itself. So, um, South Bank right now in Brisbane is this lush garden. It's just this amazing thing. But before the expo, it was just these disused warehouses and old like abattoirs and shitty pubs. It was an old industrial thing, like right in the center of town, just across the river. Um, and what they did for Expo is they literally just took that whole suburb and just just flattened it. <laughs> it was all gone. There was like two pubs that are still there. You can the see plow them. The plow and the ship in. Yep, this is, they were just like poking up on this dust plane. Mm-hmm. And then they built the Expo on that site. What happens after Expo was done, they were like, okay, well, what are we going to do with this massive portion of land? And thankfully, there was enough community involvement and some good decisions from people in power at the time that said, instead of just building a whole bunch of apartments, let's build a massive parkland that's huge. Why don't we build something that's nice to be in? Yeah. You fucks. Yeah. And, so and honestly, Bank- it is a miracle that South Bank is still there and it's still a parkland that is free to access and you can just be in because like, it could have gone either way. It really could have gone either yeah. way. It's amazing. It's one of the best parts of Brisbane. It's like when, you, mm. when you're crossing into the CBD across the big bridge of the Captain Cook Bridge, you've got the city in front of you glowing lights. And on the left, there's just this tree-lined garden mm. with like restaurants. Mm. And, and, and it is a beautiful place to be. It's a very yeah. calming place to be. It actually. is lovely. So it's funny that like something as simple as like, hey, this event's going to be here and it is a global event, just gives an opportunity to kind of like, A, totally reinvent, but also to like... Uh, f- construct new shit yeah like all of a sudden we've got we've got uh infrastructure getting put in for the number of people that are going to be here and it's got to also be entertaining and then all of a sudden cool now we have this and we keep it yeah so that was the same year as the Fitzgerald inquiry yeah curious isn't it how Um, interesting i think that's just a coincidence so we should probably let people know how that ended so some people went to prison (laughs) yeah some people went to prison joe did not go to prison somehow um, um, that's because he went to trial in the early 90s, but then the jury was rigged um, because we have <laughs> consensus jury. So, fuck. Oopsies. And then they went to go, should we do a retrial? But then people, someone said, oh, no, he's too old. And then he lived for another 15 years and then he died. And then he got a state fucking funeral. Yeah, and there yeah. we go. There's the end of that that's story. That's the end of Joe. <laughs> Yay. All right. What a cunt. What a cunt. Um, and so that's like, obviously, I think that would, would we agree that that would probably be the biggest at least in 20th century Brisbane history, that's probably the biggest thing that happened. Yeah, probably. Joe and the Fitzgerald. And then Expo. (laughs) And then Expo. So there are a few other really interesting things that happened. Brisbane has had some things going on. um, but Really? Yeah, like it's done some stuff. Like it's wild. (laughs) We've got bendy buses. (laughs) We do. We have fucking... We have... Okay. 
Why did we not put Bridges on this list, babe? Because it's so dull to everyone but you oh, and me. I love Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. We'll, anyway, so if you remember from the Australiana episode, or maybe it was from the beer, one of the episodes we did, we spoke about the regatta protest. Yes. yes Regatta protest. Um, you've got women weren't allowed to drink in pubs. Rosalie Bogner, Mel Thornton. Now women are allowed to drink. In pubs. Now women are allowed. They chain themselves to the bar. <laughs> Great story, Jim. Of the regatta. I'm a raconteur. Yeah. Um, so that's a really key thing that happens. The other thing that I found out that's really really funny that happens in the early 20th century in Brisbane is called hat pin laws. So Anna Tembi, a historian at UQ, has written a little bit about this in um, a blog post. But basically, bonnet-style hats, so hats that women would wear in public because they couldn't show their hair, they would secure it with, like, these long pins. Because they couldn't show their what? Their hair. They weren't allowed to... Well, it was more just like it's not not appropriate. So this is like Islamic State shit? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. That's fucked. Sort of. Like vibes. But they would wear, they secure them with these pins. These pins could be like 14 inches long and they were like sharp at the end. Oh, the murder pins. Well, it's interesting you say that because there was a moral (laughs) panic about these pins because there was the narrative that women were being trained how to use them defensively to ward off unwanted (laughs) sexual advances. And that is a... Bad, bad thing. thing. And Question so because <laughs> because men were going to be injured and so they actually introduced laws that <laughs> they introduced laws that restricted their ability to have happens. They weren't allowed. Um, and it's absolutely insane. And then it got connected with the suffragettes. And so like it became like a suffragette movement, like a protest would be where happens. It was a whole thing that happened in the early 20th century. Women can't... They can't have do it. Have weaponry because they might stop someone attacking them. Yes, <laughs> and that person might be me on any given day. <laughs> I need and you I- to elaborate why this is like reasonable. <laughs> yes. The other thing is you mentioned north and south. North side, south side. North side, south side. East side, west side. But north side and south, north side and south side. So again, let's refer back to my tattoo. So um, the river. You've got the river. This is where the ocean is. I'm pointing. You won't be able to see. Um, cause look, everyone. Oh, everyone, look. It's a podcast. Um, but like the river <laughs> is at my the the ocean is at my elbow, and then going more inland towards my hand. Okay. Um, and it's sort of yeah, it's sort of yeah. You get the vibe. So obviously, north of the river is considered the north side. South of the river is considered the south side. Yeah. Um, yes. This becomes <laughs> important during World War Two because we have the Brisbane Line. Oh yeah! Do you guys remember this? I fucking forgot I about the this. The Brisbane Line. Because this like, is, yeah, this is something science. that was like <laughs> talking. Uh, we've spoken about it a lot. I feel like you hear about it a lot. There is nothing concrete that this was ever a thing <laughs> that was going to happen. So essentially, the whole thing was that if Japan invaded Australia, they would invade from the north, right? Naturally, it's because of it's coming, fucking right there. Otherwise, down. they'd have to come the long way around. <laughs> yeah, and that's Which, just not... Well, there was those two submarines that went into Sydney Cove. Yeah. So they went the wrong way around. They went the wrong fucking that way. That was actually just Captain so Cook. He plan- got lost again. <laughs> <laughs> he never died. So the plan idiot. was, <laughs> as a defensive move, they were going to concede the <laughs> northern portion of Australia and they <laughs> oh, used the so river... Classic. As the line. Now, I hate to say this, but this is just such an iconically Sydney decision. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's like, woo! Who cares about the topper? You know. Just have it. So, reference Brisbane is actually, I'm pretty sure it's slightly below 
the the, the halfway point. <laughs> so they're literally conceding <laughs> most of the country. Okay, so <laughs> more than half. They can have it. So, the, the, so I say that there, there isn't any like I don't think there's any documentation that says that has written down that this was a strategy that was definitely being implemented. It was one of those unwritten. But laws. General Douglas MacArthur did refer to it during a press conference in 1943. So it definitely. And existed. he was the one that coined the term the Brisbane the line. line. Do you reckon he was just memeing though? I think he was just like, like doing go- it for the lols. Yeah, he was just riffing. So, th- and that's, I think that plays into the sort of north side, south side hatred. It does. Because it's like we're fucking, because we're, we're Sam and I now live on the north side. Because no, we, we didn't mention that I think that the line is the river. It's itself. the river. <laughs> it's not the city, it's, so it's the a, Brisbane it's a River. Line. So, Brisbane, <laughs> can I, well, let's just be clear. Brisbane, the CBD of Brisbane is on the north side. So, it's just oh. like. True. So we're just going to fucking give it up. (laughs) But like I grew up in Wynnum. Macrovac can stay. I grew up in Wynnum. We lived in Greenslopes for a while. You guys lived in Wishart. These are all south sides, like uh, suburbs. And now all of us are on the north side. So we are to this day in like safe. Well, we were as children safe uh, from from the Japanese. But now now, in in the north. From the empire We're apparently currently at risk. Yeah, like we're really at risk. Why, Um, Why is that? Instead of like, you know what we'll do is we'll move our troops and uh, <laughs> defend ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like fuck it's it. It's like, oh no, we're being invaded. And of course, in truth, like we, we know okay. that the Japanese never intended in any. They had like plans in the sense that you make plans for contingency, but they never but intended also, like, to what invade would be the Australia. Because it's insane. Invading Australia is ludicrous. It's dumb. How also, would you defend that? Why the fuck would you invade? Queensland. Well, you wouldn't defend it. You'd give, give the top half away. So <laughs> give away the Japanese, Brisbane. No one wants that. What, what would happen is they'd invade. And if somebody else invaded, the Japanese would move to the south <laughs> and give up the top half. And then we'd have to move south further to... Um, Victoria. Where, yeah. Well, no, what's the... What's the is it the, it's the South Pole, isn't it? Because it's south. Yeah. So um, anyway, mm. how many times yeah. am I going to out myself as an actual <laughs> idiot? Um, in this episode, and then the, the what? So there's two more things I want to I want to just raise before we maybe transition into talking about uh, some of the the unique wildlife that we have in Brisbane. Um, and I feel Holy I don't know what that is. It is the nightjar bulldog. <laughs> You're laugh. making shit up. So okay, and I I wanna I wanna. I just do want to do like a little bit of a disclaimer that I feel very passionately about one of these topics. Okay. Um, so if I do get on a rant, okay. feel free to interrupt. No. So the first thing I want to talk about, this isn't the one that I'm not as passionate about, but I still feel pretty strongly about, is um, so Brisbane, one of the things that I think is iconic about some of the southern states is they have uh, trams, which are great, and trams they fucking great. work. Do they? Uh, so Brisbane... <laughs> We used to have trams. We used to have trams. They were put in in the, you know, late 19th century they were put in. They were originally horse-drawn, which to me seems insane on a hill. I'm like, how did they do that? And they connected Chermside to Maruka. They travelled west to Ashgrove. They went to Camp Hill. There were 20 uh, trams at the beginning and um, then eventually expanded to having 200 more trams. And then some shit went down. And we, for some reason, ripped up our tram lines. The reason being uh, Clem Jones, Lord Mayor. And people people from Brisbane might recognise that because of the tunnel that's named after him. The Um, everything that's named after him. He fucking loved cars. He was like, cars are the future. (coughs) What an idiot. What a fucking idiot. 
I'm, yeah, well, there you was know, this I'm willing to take a stand on this. He's an idiot. There was this report, I think, of the Wilbur Smith report where they said, this is what we're going to do. And it's in the, in the 50s and it's this era of like highways better. And they said, we'll rip up the trams. They actually said rip up the trains as well. Had they done that, Brisbane would have been completely toast. Could you imagine um, not having yeah. trains? Well, the thing is like with Queensland, again, being so massive in previous eras and even now, yeah. like freight and transporting things around Queensland yeah. requires A, trucks, but B, trains. Trains, like, yeah. Trains have been this fucking massive part of, and and what, for some political clout, like yeah. because of wanting to appear like the car guy? Yeah. I suppose what's interesting is that like the, the repeated theme from today is just like, we love Brizzy, it's where we're from. It doesn't, it's not really like its reputation and the reason for its reputation is a bunch of, Dickhead yeah. politicians Basically, making decisions based on their own personal shit. And they try to use the fact that it's like the trams aren't turning a profit, you know, they're not really that blur. And I'm like, yeah, the, but cars are dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> it's worth saying, though. So the Clem Jones, the reason why everything's named after him is before Clem Jones, the um, Labor mayor, was mayor of Brisbane, um, a lot of the suburbs of Brisbane didn't have sewage. Um, a lot of the south side especially even as close as something like Green Slopes or Microvad, like a few, you know, sort of four, five Ks out of the city, mm-hmm. had to, they had outhouse style things. And that's why a lot of you old Queenslanders have got like an old little yeah. thing on the balcony or something that the toilet is like separate to the house. Yeah. It's just a legacy of when this very backwards Brisbane that people in the 50s and 60s lived with. Mm. And so there was like, Clem Jones was seen as a modernizer. And I guess the car thing was the, on the she side, kind of part of it. But he did introduce sewage. You know what? <laughs> you know what? You're right. I'll give him that. Surge is good in a city. But I think. I think the issue now is that we're now kind of having to deal with the ramifications of like we need to have tram style, like it's efficient. It's it's electric. It's efficient. It works. They have it in the Gold Coast. They they've managed to reintroduce light mm-hmm. rail, which they insist on calling light rail, even though it's trams. <laughs> um, Use the better name. And there have been so many attempts to reintroduce trams into Brisbane. And the best we have to show for it is the fucking Metro, which is a bus that's got wheel covers. It's fucking got wheels. It's bullshit. It's stupid. Are you not entertained? (laughs) Do you not get what you need from this wheel-covered bus? (laughs) It's so... (laughs) There are still, in some uh, of the main roads on the way into Brizzy, still uh, remnants of the tram tracks, by the way. They're visible still. Yeah. That's actually because they're all still there. Unless they've gouged up the road... Um, they just actually, they didn't remove them because that's they extra work. They just covered them. Wow. That's why sometimes if you get a big storm or something on some of the like Logan Road where there used to be tram tracks, mm-hmm. the bitumen wears away and you can actually see the old mm-hmm. rails. You can wow. see them in um, yeah. Camp Hill. Yes. Yes. A lot. Yes. They have, they have They just them, left those there. They just kind of left <laughs> them there as like, I don't know. Fuck it. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's just, I, I hate, and this is a trend in Australian politics broadly, like around the whole country. Uh, I despise the short-sightedness of Australian politicians. They are not interested in anything outside of their own term as a rule and they don't make long-term functional plans. (sighs) It's silly. Long side. And that's how you get... uh, That's Well, Brisbane, really, actually, in a lot of ways. And Mm. then the last thing I want to say before we actually get to talk about the the sort of... Talk about animals. (laughs) And this is... I feel very strongly about this. In Queensland, in Brisbane... Queensland. We... Do not uh, acknowledge daylight savings. We don't acknowledge daylight, <laughs> daylight savings. savings. So what's what's interesting about that is that you. at a certain time, <laughs> this of is what you get when you year. let me be chief investigator. <laughs> is, it, is it all the other states? All the other states do. Do they they change their clocks arbitrarily uh, to, to, uh, for an, an hour, hour back forward back an hour? I've never been forward. across it because it's unnatural. 
Okay, well, I mean, if it's an hour forward, it means that you're, like, waking up earlier for... Right? Oh, fuck. I don't <laughs> no, care. No, no, no. It, has to be, it has to be earlier because right. the idea is that there's afternoon You know what? Light. I probably fucking wrote it down, didn't I? Yeah, but I mean, if you make... So 5 p.m. must become 4 p.m. No, the other way around. It has to go forward. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so daylight savings exists everywhere here. Ever except Clearly, here we don't understand it. Um, which makes it really fun when you have to work with people in other states and communicate with them and they're already knocked off. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then especially... And like this is this is the argument for introducing daylight savings into Queensland. It's never going to fucking happen. They've tried several times. It's never fucking worked. But they, they, they argue because like when, say, like Adelaide, who was already like half an hour... Behind us, because, because of, because West, of yeah. time Actual zones, time zones the <laughs> because massive. the country is so big. Then when they have daylight savings, they end up being an half, half an, an hour, hour ahead, ahead of us, of us yeah, and it yeah. becomes very confusing. However, I don't care. <laughs> and we're not having daylight savings in this fucking state. Fuck it. I love Fuck it's just like we've just that. absorbed just, this tribal sort of like yeah, Queensland. Draw like, a line in the sand. We'll call it the Brisbane line. Cunt like fucking. I don't. <laughs> I don't I, the thing is, I'm so not attached to this. Like, if we did it, great. The actual, I don't care. There's a lot of stupid things. Like, people always said, oh, it'll make your curtains fade, or the cows won't know the time, or some shit. But the real reason why it's bad is because in North, far north Queensland, it's in the same state. So unless you divided the time across the state, which is a bad idea, um, they would be experiencing a sun hell like that you could never... They're in the tropics. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a bad idea. It's a really bad idea. Um, the other reason why it's a bad idea is because... Uh, Samantha said so. Well, yeah. <laughs> but also there have been... Okay, there, that one's a blue idea. There have been <laughs> studies, and I'm not talking out of my ass here. There have been studies. Um, Shifting daylight savings around the world raises the incidence of heart attacks and strokes oh, because your body has to adjust to the new time Oh, that's right, because clocks make us upset, don't they? And being aware of... The, see, so the, the places in the world that have... Okay, so... Uh, Jim's face. Cyber, that's what I said that. Cyber, what the fuck is going The places on? that have the oldest living peoples also are places in which time isn't something that people focus on so, extensively. The so they don't even know if it's the oldest living people. Because if they haven't been measuring the shit, they can say whatever they want. Uh, How old's grandma? Fucking, fucking I don't know. Anyway. She's born in 1898, but basic, what's age? It's like, it's the same thing that happens for shift workers. It's like if you're fucking with your body clock and everything's happening, so you're eating slightly earlier than you normally would. Because your body likes your body likes um, patterns and repetition. Like they mm -hmm. are comfortable with a routine. So if you then shift that routine an hour one way or the other, you have these, these overlapping points where people will have these health issues. But also, they had studies that found that um, there's more car accidents when the transition happens. That makes sense. Right? The thing is, though, like, I'm very sceptical about this because it just seems so insane to draw correlations like that. And, and an hour difference as well. It's not like... <laughs> I mean, the thing is, we've been, I've been fucking jet-lagged. I've also done shift work. You know, so it's like... Indeed. I, I have lived and been fine. It's just a bit shit. Yeah. Um, and like th that sort of almost suggests that, you know, traveling to another country into a totally different time zone should fucking just kill you. <laughs> like yeah. get off the plane and just eh, like, no, nah, that's me. I'm gone. It's yeah. 12 hours difference. I, I, I think the whole, I think the whole argument is kind of stupid. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I don't care. The only thing is because I do a lot of for the, for, you know, when we've got tours and stuff mm. coming up, or we're doing promo for an album. I do a lot of interviews with people in different states and different countries. And it's just, it becomes absurd when you're talking to someone from another state in, in Australia and you still have to, on the East Coast, so you're in the same time zone, 
and you have to kind of negotiate around everyone's schedules. And it's just, it's, it's the, dumb. It's like the classic harmless example of Queensland exceptionalism. Strange parochial nonsense. Yes. Yeah. I just feel like the point of day, I don't see the point of it. Like, I don't know what it's actually doing. If, if you cared for your bloody family... And for bloody time. I suppose the whole idea is it's just like, hey, summer's nice. Wouldn't it be nice if we had more of it? Yeah, that's a very southern state's perspective to have because in yeah. <laughs> summer is not nice and I wish we had less it's of it. But also, we, we have. Can we put it in winter or something? <laughs> well, and it's also, I mean, you do have to play in the fact that it's like we are closer to the equator than Melbourne. And so yeah. the way that our sun patterns. If we were to introduce daylight savings, would mean that everyone would be going Increasing to work. Skin cancer. I just love it that everything, <laughs> all of this, sounds like reverse justification <laughs> for you not just just not wanting to do. I it. just don't want to fucking do it. But it's also like, but it actually, but like we would, uh, we would have, we everyone would be going to work in the dead of night. Like it would be dark. Yeah, and that would just be how it is. I fucking hate it. And it doesn't stupid. change anything. I fucking hate it. And it's stupid, Jim. Anyway. <laughs> now that we've done talking about the most yeah. human nonsense we could have imagined. Ah, let's talk about some lovely plant and animal nonsense. Indeed. Okay, so I would like to direct your attention to the other side of my arm. Oh, yes. <laughs> More tattoos to look upon. I Tattoo. have a brush turkey tattoo. Brush Surrounded turkey by jacarandas is the most fucking... turkey. Brush turkey is the actual formal name for it. Do they brush? I will explain in a moment. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, it's the most Brisbane tattoo, apart from the Brisbane River, you can fucking have. Yeah. <laughs> so, brush turkey. <laughs> they do exist in northern New South Wales as well, but mm. we're just going to ignore that for this moment. Yeah, we've already um, established that these lines we know how are we completely feel. arbitrary and stupid. The terrible name was um, Wagon. For the scrub turkey? Yeah, Wagon was the name of scrub turkey. So, nice. we call, we being people who speak English in this country, uh, call them brush turkeys because they have little hairs on the top of their head that kind of look like a little brush. Like a brush? That's fucking Wait, dumb. is that why? That's I why. thought it was like that they scurry around in the brush. No, <laughs> yeah, that's no. Why. Well, they're also known as bush turkeys, which is probably the most common one. Yes. Like kids will be like, bush turkey. They're like. known as scrub turkeys. They're known as brush turkeys. They're known as bush turkeys. They're known as the cute little guys. So as the sweet little man. <laughs> and I love them. So a lot of my um, information around the fun, random, wacky animals that we have in this state come from Daryl Jones's work called Curlews on Vulture Street. And he is a behavioral ecologist mm-hmm. and an urban ecologist at Griffith University. And he basically founded the study of... Um, bird life in cities. Okay. How do they behave? How do they change? And he did his PhD on brush turkeys. So he's kind of like, I would love to meet this guy because I fucking love brush turkeys. Dazza, yeah. Fucking Dazza. Mm-hmm. So let me explain to you. Feel free to have a cough right now. <coughs> would you stop coughing, Samantha? I'm really sorry. Let me explain to you, okay, what a brush turkey is. We will put a picture on our Instagram and we'll put a picture of baby one too because that's so cute. Baby. Babies. But they basically um, have little red heads with okay. like a black body and little theropod like dinosaur feet. And they're like a cute little nugget. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> The males have a wattle, which is essentially a dangling yellow neck sack. sack. And the <laughs> ladies, sack. the ladies do not have the wattle. So okay. if you're wanting to identify whether it's a male or female turkey, look out for that neck sack. But they have sack. a little yellow stripe, don't they, they? The ladies have the yellow stripe. And some of them will have like a slight little like loose bit of skin. Mm-hmm. But you, if, it's a, if it's a proper wattle... So the one that's on my arm is a, is a male turkey. His name, his name is Theodore. 
Thing at oh, all. Yeah. And also black feathers. Black feathers. Got the black um, feathers. they got the little red head and they got little fine black hair on the top of their head. And um, my little guy has green eyes. And I actually do think that they do have green They're eyes. They're kind of cute. They're really they? cute. See, a lot of people I'm fucking hate biased. them. Though. I'm fucking biased. And the it. reason is is because um, they are notorious urban birds for getting into a garden and messing it up. Well, so uh, what they're doing, like your, your, the garden you care for in your yes. yard, indeed. Kind of and okay. what they're doing is they're trying to make mounds. So these are megapodes. So they're basically, be, they're bigger and flightless birds who create mounds for incubation. Megapodes. Okay, right. Um, Wait, isn't that also crocodiles? Crocodiles are also megapodes. Holy fuck! <laughs> and they're also both, both of these are, Yeah, they're both descendants from dinosaurs. No, no, um, no not the crocodiles. The crocodiles oh, are cousins. Right. They're descendants. They're co-descendants so of the So you think turkeys and crocodiles are cousins? Yes. Fuck you. <laughs> Don't fuck with the turkeys. Okay, then. so how do turkeys live their life? <laughs> Why do turkeys live their life? <laughs> These are all or the good in the questions. words of your eldest Jim a few years ago. It's like, what do turkeys do all day? <laughs> Actually, sorry, I think it was addressed to the turkey. What do, what do you, you do, do all, all day? day? So what they're doing is the men, the males, are making mounds to attract the ladies. So they collect a whole bunch of... People's gardens. Um, people's generally. gardens, soil, leaf matter, um, all sorts of stuff, and they, they, they scritch it backwards with their feet into a big old mound. Um, and it gets quite hot inside of there because it essentially acts like compost. Like it's, they're almost making their own compost. Um, and it gets it gets quite hot inside of these. I wonder if I wrote down how hot it gets in there. I didn't. Well, that's shit. It gets warm. It gets fucking warm. I think it can get up to like like thirty degrees in the middle. Right. I thought so because that's it's like for eggs, right? Yes. Yeah. So. So because no one wants to sit all day. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it also makes a lot more uh, makes makes a lot of sense. So they check the temperature with their nose. They have little temperature sensors in their nose what? for the mouth. Ah. Oh. Yeah, they put their wow. little face. They're just like mm. wow. a snoot. And so, turkey. Yeah. So what they do is, because um, their young is uh, the the sex of the young is determined by incubation temperature, and that affects the sex ratio of the chicks. So mm-hmm. basically, what happens is, um, the males like the cooler temperature, so they it selects for the for the male, and then if it's in a warmer environment, it, it produces a female. Interesting. Um, and that's very very similar. Um, around uh, a lot of megapodes and a lot of mound creating creatures, they this is and turtles do the same thing. Yeah, I, you know, of course, because they dig a little. They dig a little hole, hole. and then they just let their young um, die on the way to the ocean. So there is this sex ratio. So there is a temperature thing. There's also these um, relationships between temperature and mortality. So if it gets too hot in the mound, mm. everything will just die. Yeah. If it's too cold, everything will just and die. So they develop like a freaking thermometer nose. Yeah, they have a thermometer nose. <laughs> they evolved that. So they ha- they nest between September and March, but they- these men are making mounds all year because they're trying to one practice these men. <laughs> these men they're ordinary what is men. This man doing? <laughs> but the-, the males are producing mounds all year, and basically what happens is the males are constrained to making the mounds, and so they're sort of limited in their range. It's the only fucking thing they can do. Yeah, and some some of the top blokes will make two, maybe three mounds, Whoa, that's Whoa. A- which is like a man. lot of fucking Chat work. Jackies. Yep. Good on you. Um, and Good on him. the thing that Daryl Jones managed to actually uh, dispel with his work was it was previously thought that when a female came to a male's mounds, they kind of mated several times and they kind of, that was it, they paired mm. for the season. That is not the case. These ladies 
roaming around in their little posse of ladies. Bunch of fuckboys. They are the fuckboys of the forest. <laughs> and they do some crazy stuff. So what do they do? They visit the dominant male's mouth. How explicit mouth. is this going to get? Not very explicit. <laughs> what do they get up to over there? So they, what they do is they, they, they get up into the mound. They'll explicit climb the mound. They'll check it out. They'll do their own temperature sensing and go like, is this looking good? Are we feeling good about this? Mm-hmm. Um, if they like the look of the mound, they'll like mate. Mm-hmm. But the eggs that they lay may not be eggs that were fertilized by that male. They have the ability, which is fucking wild. They have the ability. They may have come from another guy. <laughs> they may have fertilized. It just seems like it's the- just your phrasing on that. It's so fucking excellent. <laughs> they may have come from another guy. Um, oh, yeah, I didn't even realize I said that. But they, they may have visited another mound prior to visiting this guy and um, had their eggs fertilized and they can lay the other turkeys, male, male in turkeys, a in mound. a different mound. <laughs> I feel like the These sexual selection is gold in... gold-digging turkeys. <laughs> females is totally the dominant parts of this sexual selection process, it seems. Yeah, it's, and it's incredible. And so they basically, they will just selectively put other males' eggs in I other males' mounds. your genetic information <laughs> in uh, this finance mansion. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, and it's really fascinating. So he... Daryl Jones managed to basically disprove that they were kind of paired for, um, that they paired up for the season. Um, And in fact, that the the women are engaging a way more sexual selection than they previously thought Mm -hmm. and that they are basically the dominant, (laughs) the dominant one. (laughs) They don't want no scrubs. (laughs) Fucking shut up. Shut up. So, a couple of other... Oh. <laughs> a couple of other interesting things is, so you would males are considered to be solitary for most of the time, but they do engage in a little bit of um, community. So there's certain areas in particularly Mount Tambourine where a lot of wild turkeys are. They have clearings which they can all go to and they engage in like status. Uh, and the wattle actually plays a massive part in that because mm-hmm. the bigger males will have, they can kind of, contract and expand it at will. Yeah, that's been my experience too. Um, and so they... And so... The, <laughs> the, <laughs> deep sigh. The dominant male will basically let it all hang out and all the other males will try, if they're feeling like they don't want to challenge this guy, they will constrict in. Okay. To, to basically show that they are deferring to the, to the male. I'm not participating today. Yeah. I choose shrivel. And what they found is they actually, Daryl Jones was watching these turkeys for a very long time and saw that like there was a guy that was like kind of, you know, he was being the dominant guy and then fucking this other dude came in and he was like immediately like, yeah, he, he got, he got clucked. <laughs> yeah, he fucking, he, and he, he left, he like, he like ran. Um, so within these mounds, they can be up to like a meter tall. Oh, the mounds. I was going to say the turkeys. Oh, my God. What have I not <laughs> it's seen? It's a velociraptor. I see, I so they can be a metre tall and they can have anywhere from 50 to 100 eggs in the mound. All right. Just put them all in there. And so <laughs> so the, many. The most dominant males will have close to 100 eggs. Mm-hmm. The less dominant males will probably only have around 20 to 30. Right. Um, and Who's winning? You know what I mean? Like yeah. who's the real winner there? The women. <laughs> I see. <laughs> yep. So the urban ecology part, the Brisbane aspect of this is the fact that um, they have been one of the most successful um, like interlopers into the urban space. So they have been able to integrate into urban society in a way that wasn't expected and shouldn't like 
feasibly be possible. So they haven't been displaced. No, by yeah, I think there's an important point about turkeys is the fact that um, I think the evidence that they they form these mounds, which is a really like primitive and ancient way of incubating eggs. Yeah, there are cave paintings of these put them in the creatures. Pile. That they're really really ancient creatures. Yeah. that they actually haven't changed. Why change a good thing yeah. in hundreds and hundreds of thousands of They literally of years? are the embodiment of it ain't broke, don't fix it. And right. So they're like this, this is my favourite thing about them is just even if you see them around, they're the most resilient creatures ever. Mm. They'll be swooped by stuff and they're just like, oh, pause, so, well, get back to scratching. Like, in all the studies that, <laughs> so in all the studies that have been done about urban birds and like looking at the adaptation of like magpies and crows and kookaburras and lorikeets mm-hmm. and all of these birds that have, and pigeons and birds that have become like a sort of staple of the urban space, Turkeys are the only ones whose behaviour hasn't changed. Right. So you compare them to a wild turkey, they are doing the exact same shit. It's, um, I'm not participating in your bullshit. Yeah, they're like, I don't give a shit, you got Fuck a house. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And so they are, they, are, they are somehow the most adaptable creature, but they have to because be. Because they're too dumb to adapt. <laughs> <laughs> or because they fucking nailed it, yeah. peak build at the beginning, yeah, and it. we're like, fuck it, like, crushed You know one it. thing, you mentioned magpies, right? Yeah, love I love magpies. it. Like, magpies are kind of an iconic um, Brizzy thing as well. Like, how, how are magpies around Australia like our magpies, like the swoopy boys? Um, so, they are very common. Swooping is a very common thing across all of the states. Right. Um, it's the crows that are different, actually. Interesting. Well, I mean, I just want to say that it's like there is an episode of Bluey, right? Which is, it, it excites me because Bluey is such an, uh, I can't believe we haven't talked about this yeah, yet, it's actually. It's set in Brisbane. Oh it's fucking God, set in Brisbane. Right. Bluey is this massive international phenomenon uh, to the point where American kids are starting to speak with Australian accents Fuck because yeah. they picked up a bunch of shit. Take it. <laughs> Stick it up, you cultural hegemony, you fucks. But the. Um, but, so now there's this whole thing with like uh, magpies being broadcast around the world of like swoop season. There's this whole thing on the Curry Quest episode where it's uh, Bandit and, and Bingo and they're walking through the park and they have to kind of like keep their eyes on this magpie, otherwise it'll swoop them because it's it's got its nest and whatever. Yeah, and it's like I just love that because it was such a, a memorable thing for me watching it, knowing that, like, I grew up with this. This is just a social truth. This is just an Australian mm. truth. And now I'm just like, oh, of course, this would be really fucking strange yeah. to see from someone who didn't grow up with, you know, the fact that, like, oh, a certain yeah. type of year, you stay away from the trees. Yeah, uh, yeah so you so, can't ride your bicycle between the months of like, <laughs> fucking October and January. Some places would just, like, have removed them or something, but it's just like, no, 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 That's this is their natural habitat. This is yeah, what they do. Dude, and- leave the birds alone. Just don't go near the fucking trees. Don't go outside. <laughs> Dude, well, it's then- August. Are you, you kidding moron? me? There are studies that have kind of... Because crows also can swoop as yeah. well. And we do have quite a... Plovers swoop and uh, noisy miners swoop. We've got a lot of birds that are will be aggressive if feeling Some threatened. Some of them are non-natives as well. Some of them yeah. are like the noisy miners, which really pissed yeah. me the off. The noisy miners have actually swooped our car once. So I remember yeah, they were that like, was like, like right in front of Fuck us. And we're yeah. like, what? Live large. <laughs> Cut sick. But yeah, on, on, the, on the subject of Bluey, we might as well talk about it now. Yeah, it's fuck like yeah. The... Uh, unprecedented success of this Australian TV show. I mean, I'm sure they knew it was going to be successful in Australia, but the fact that it is so massive is because it's written in this really relatable way, like, and it is a children's show or like chil- like children's content, I guess, that is written for adults. Yes. Yeah. Rather yeah. than like say compare it to like Peppa Pig and fuck Peppa Pig by the way. Can yeah. I just fucking? Just, I'm going down on a fucking limit. Sidebar. Peppa, Peppa Pig, Pig sucks. She's, she's a little shit. <laughs> And also as an aside, like uh, all of um, Daddy Pig's um, 
uh, co-workers call him daddy as well. So there's a, <laughs> we that's need, an interesting We need to talk about that. Um, <laughs> that's a me <new> set. <laughs> daddy pig. Um, but yeah, so like, the, you know, the, this is, it's clearly geared towards children, but written for, with adults in mind, telling adult stories uh, about, you know, adult interactions and, and memories that we all have. So it's like, it is iconically Australian, but it's really relatable because all of the characters are family shit that you can you can relate to. And so it's blown up all around the world. And this is a show that is actually made in Brisbane by people from Brisbane, and it all and it contains real locations in Brisbane. There are you can look this up. There are a whole bunch of different sets and settings where like they go to a certain park and they play at the park or there's this scene in this episode and people have put them side by side mm. with photographs of the area and you can see it's obviously it's like a childlike you know mag magic of childhood kind of reimagining of this of this space but it is iconically yeah, there's that but there's it's still that the whale in the park background. at yeah, Wynnum here's, yeah. here's South Bank yeah. here's like New this, Farm Park exactly New Farm Park with the pagoda that's yeah. there you've seen that you know it's, and it's it's really amazing to see all of that and in fact there's like there's a bush turkey in one of the episodes where they go down to the creek and there's like there's all this stuff so it's like what i love about that is it's not just australian culture being broadcast around the world in this in this really positive way that reflects what australian nature really is about it's but it's brisbane it's specific brisbane. you know it's fucking cool man it is really cool and did they have any curlies in any of the episodes not that i've seen but okay. i haven't seen it all there's a bunch of new episodes that have just come out so you, you mentioned Crows. Oh, crows. Yeah, crows. crows. Yeah, so crows. Anyway, my bluey bit's done. Go on. <laughs> no, no, no. And <laughs> um, it's very good. <laughs> I've only ever I've only watched it because of uh, my nieces, and yeah. it makes me want to cry every time. One of those time. children's oh, entertainment things where like the kids are watching, going, "Oh, that's nice." Looks over to crying adults. Crying like, adults, like, <laughs> "What is going on over there?" <laughs> so, I just want to make a little uh, PSA uh, about crows because uh, yep. people people get this wrong. So. In Brisbane, we have crows. Okay. You've been wrong about that? There are crows here. Anyway. <laughs> no. <laughs> in Sydney and in Melbourne, they don't have crows. They don't have crows? They're little ravens. They're little ravens? What's They're the difference between a crow and a raven? One is cursed. One is, <laughs> well. One quaff. They're both, <laughs> both corvid, so they're both a part of that kind of corvid family. Smarty pants. Smart, um... You know, predatory birds. Um, smart little theropods. Yeah, mm -hmm. smart little theropods that have ritual and funerals. Um, Kidok. Yeah, Let's just skim over We're that. just going to skim over <laughs> that. Um, but they... Uh, so ravens are c considerably larger, except the ones that are in Sydney and Melbourne are crow-sized but are ravens. So they're crows. So they're not, though. <laughs> so you might as well just call them a fucking crow. Yeah, but I just want to make it clear that, like, they don't have crows, we have crows. The, the craven. Do they make the same sound? Because ours are like... Argh, no, argh. all Australian crows make that... Fuck. Can you do it again, please? I can't... Argh. That sound. No, but they also make this one. Isn't that Maggie's? No, nah, it's crows. So crows will sit there and they go like, fucking hell, fuck. <laughs> no, isn't and it then they like, make the predators. Sound? It's an accent thing. Yeah, like so the crows in England. Don't crows sound in like England that. sound like call, call. I know. Heaven. Oh no, I don't think I shall. Shall. <laughs> and, and the Australian um, ones is like back. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think they have them in America as well, and they also don't have. They have more of that classic. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 but yeah, ours, and it's the same with magpies. Actually, they have it's like the it's the nasal, the nasal sounds, ah, and they don't ah. even have fucking well, noises. Magpies make tons of crazy noises, though. Yeah, yeah, it's like because they're warblers. Yes, they're the ones that have something. Like... They also make digital oh, noises. No, sometimes they sound like a dial-up sound when they're doing some mating call or something. <laughs> 
Yeah, that. I filmed one once and had a. It was just like. I've actually. I'll show you. We've got a video of one doing it. Yeah. I'll show it to you. I have this video. It was raining at my old place and it was just right outside my office window. And I I had to get my phone out and and film it because it was just this iconic boy, this magpie just sitting on my clothesline in the rain, just having a little sing. And it's that full on kind of. You know, the way that you kind of imitate it is to kind of try and whistle a tune, but then make it slightly out of tune and then do the little gargly thing. (laughs) So it always has this like tone of like, like it's kind of, it's not quite musical, but it's very musical. Like a double kick. It's Um, honestly beautiful. It's awesome. And it's it's like, like, I love that fucking sound. Mm. But I've done that. It's like when I make that fun whistle thing around Australians, they're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. I've done it overseas. No reaction. Because they don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's just making a weird noise. But they don't know that it's uncanny and brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they aren't recognizing my genius. Magpies are nice even when they... Oh, they make that sound when they're swooping you too I before they hit you. <sighs> they make this kind of like... Dun, dun, and they dun, make a click. Dun, dun, it's like a like, click sound. Because they're clicking their beaks real loud to say, oi, to fuck, sna- off. Oh. fuck off. Dude. And they hate bikes because bikes to just clarify, look like a demon. They are swooping you because they have eggs in their nest. They're, yeah. they're not just mean. They're not just psychos. Studies have shown it's like they're viewing you as similar to the the prey that they that they are usually pr- like goannas and stuff because uh-huh. a guy a part of Daryl's team did a study that basically was like how does a why does a magpie become aggressive because not all magpies are aggressive only certain ones are but once they become aggressive they stay aggressive yeah okay and it's a real issue and so basically what they he did is he pretended to move like a goanna like just like as a man <laughs> yep. oh such a good job and it took time it took time but eventually they started swooping at him because they were like oh you're doing threat you're circling the tree in a way that we don't like. Or maybe the birds were just like, there's a weird guy. <laughs> this guy he, has to go. <laughs> he went off to do his own sort of research and he came back seven years later and they went back to the park where he did this test and he immediately just got swooped. Just piles of dead, like, goannas. Just like, just <laughs> no, but he got, he got swooped. Because one, the same birds were still there, and they fucking remembered him. <laughs> you piece They're like of this shit. fucker. Look at because, that. and this is the thing that's really cool about like crows and magpies and um and plovers is that they they have mem- maybe not plovers they're a bit dumb but crows and magpies <laughs> um they remember yeah they okay. remember the people that they don't like but they also remember the people they do like right. so if you make friends with them they they got you. But if you fuck with them and they if start- you accept them as your overlords, yes, that's fine. Yes. So they, they, a bicycle made an enemy of them once, and they've well, never forgiven. I think it's the speed in which you're moving, and I also think it's, it's an inhuman, it's the re- horrifying. Stop object. that! It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think it's the reflection off the helmets. Oh uh, yeah, that makes because sense. it's like it's sort of like because a- of how goannas are so shiny. Um, <laughs> I was going to say goannas like- are a large monitor lizard, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can look them up; they're great. They got they're really saggy boys, but like so <laughs> great band, dude. Um, goanna, get you listen to the band uh, Goanna with the song "Solid Rock," if you will. Um, it's fucking sick. So uh, yeah, what I was going to say is that like I, I think the response to magpies is the most Aussie fucking thing ever. I did, like you you sort of touched on it before, Sam, where it was just like instead of going, we need to move the magpies out of here, we need to restrict them we need to keep our things safe it's just kind of like no no just leave them just fucking leave just them put, alone no you put the cable ties on your helmet so they <laughs> yeah that's it no, <laughs> you you fucking adapt you adapt, yeah. you adapt. you're the on the fucking kids. magpies yeah. fucking habitat and I, that's so funny because i feel like that's actually reflective of how we sort of view all things where yeah. it's just kind of like well we're in this yeah. So fucking and that, that is a shift that happens in the 70s and 80s in brisbane is that there's a shift away from 
uh, uh, sort of moving wildlife on to how can we work with the wildlife mm. to make mm. it less of an issue. And Daryl was a key individual in that shift because he ended up working alongside the National Parks animal mm. team to sort of go, well, that's just, they're just going to do this. Like you can't do anything about it. So how... We, what we need to do is we need to start adapting how we interact with them and we need to start adapting our behavior because they've adapted to this mm. Yeah, and we've got to do our part. And, and interestingly, it's become part of iconic Brisbane life that people are literally proud of. Yeah. yeah. As a result. You have a tattoo of a scrub turkey on there, which is, by the way, uh, protected by law. Like yeah. if you heard a scrub turkey, you could go, you could go to prison for five years. Wow, you, you should so, too. Fucking yeah, leave them alive. Yeah, so people don't poison them and stuff. Yeah, because yeah, people. Yeah, and it's it's a yeah. You have a fine, and you can go to prison for up to five so years. People have found ways of doing that where they have their own little garden, but then they just make a, a sort of mound, basically. Yeah, it's like well, a pile of stuff. Hey, there you go. <laughs> you can have. Well, yeah, <laughs> and um, like the uni um that um we go to has just landscaped in a way to encourage them to be in certain places and yeah. discourage them from other places. Because they're everywhere there. they're fucking um, everywhere. We, we had one living in our backyard for a while. It's moved on now, but there was a, a hedge out the back that used to live underneath, go around for mm. a little scratch, and it was actually something that we celebrated. I was absolutely mm. fucking stoked to have it there. It was it was a thrill to have they such a little friend. passively resilient, unstoppable mm. creatures, and I love them. The other passively <laughs> resilient, unstoppable creatures who are wild are the curlews. Oh, my God. And they are the most insane creatures. So the first thing you need to know about curlews is that they have seen the void. <laughs> <laughs> you look, you, their eyes have seen shit. Yeah, okay. A curlew is a small bird. So, do, we, do we know the sound, do you reckon? I can't imitate it I can't well. imitate I've got it either. A, I've got a really good description you know, of you it. You know what we could do? Is, okay, what I'm going to do that is... That's actually pretty good. We've got that, and I'm going to get Dale to insert a real one, and <laughs> then people will know that you're out of your mind. <laughs> Okay, but this is this is how it's described. It's an evocative and unforgettable sound that has a penetrating strident wail rising with a slight waver and dropping at the end, and it is repeated multiple times in quick succession. It sounds like they're screaming murder, and they're often just staring at a wall. Oh, no, except, <laughs> except the one time that one was just, like, walking over to us slowly, didn't move for a long time, and then made that sound at and night. walked away. Because remember, they, they're out at night. <laughs> they're too. nocturnal they're creatures. Yeah, yeah. So this oh, isn't during daytime. They ran it out With car. their wings out. They were like trying to scare because the car away. Fuck your car. Dude. Their wingspan is 60 centimetres. Magpies told us about this shit. <laughs> their, wings, their wingspan is 60 centimetres. Yep. And they stand, I think, about like... About a good chair, like, small chair seat height. Yeah, yeah, about seat height. They, I don't know about that. They're not that bad. Oh, no, they have long legs. They have though. long legs. Don't picture a bird with a... <laughs> look it up, guys. You've got a fucking... You've got is it a bush stone curlew? I'm talking about the, the bush stone is the Queensland Brisbane C-U-R-L-E-W, one. C U R L E W. They are so hilarious. So, um, <laughs> they can live for 20 years. And Wait, what? 20 years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. the fuck? Because turkeys live for like five or something, don't they? I have no idea how long turkeys live. Oh my God. Okay. For we should ask them. For the length of the prison sentence you get if you hurt them. <laughs> <laughs> Six, I think. <laughs> So they're native to grasslands, open woodlands, mangroves, and rainforests. So you're probably wondering then, that's a lot of like open grass, open nature. How the fuck do they live in the city? That's a really good question. I'm so glad you guys asked. Okay. Um, so I'm a thinker. Because a lot of Brisbane is like, it's swampland naturally, mm -hmm. basically. Yes, it is swampland. Basically naturally. So they are typically wet. found on 
are golf courses, rail reserves, uh, roadsides with sparse vegetation, urban parkland, grazing lands, and occasionally just like concrete buildings. These, oh, yeah, you do see them on yeah, top of like car parks and yeah, stuff. But, like, what are you doing up here? Yeah, this is wild. So, they, stone rather than take the turkey approach where they're just like, we're going to fucking do what we always do and we'll figure it out. You they, guys do your thing, I'm not participating. Yeah, <laughs> they change their behavior like substantially. The really? urban curlews cannot be in the same environments as the wild curlews. They don't exist. Oh, wow. And in fact, they've forgotten the Lone ways. Pine Koala, <laughs> Lone Pine Koala Sanctuary has wild curlews, which they keep in an enclosure. They also have urban curlews that just roam around. They can do whatever they want. And they are... <laughs> they also, Dealing drugs. So it's really funny, actually, because if you go to Lone Pine, their um, site has, like, birds that we have. Birds you will see around. Yeah. <laughs> Both yeah. have curlews Birds on that we list. can do nothing about. So yeah. that's oh, we keep <laughs> birds that keep us. So they prefer to nest in um, place... Like, they, they nest... Not in like under undercover. They nest on flat ground where they have good visual range. Mm -hmm. They sit on their eggs like a regular fucking bird. <laughs> <laughs> they don't make these fucking mouths. Like a proper bird. Yeah, and they proper. um, they're very territorial and they pair. So there's a pair of them, and you'll often see if you're getting too close that one of them will stand up and just like walk towards you. And if you get too fucking close, they'll bring those and they'll run at you. Yeah. They'll fucking run at you. Yeah. And it's so fucking scary. Like, they yeah. are absolutely primordially frightening. Yeah. And the, the <laughs> you know, my eldest has come home from school and gone like, we couldn't play on the playground today because the curlews took it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, because the curlews show up and they just close the playground. Yeah. <laughs> Because, <laughs> because they've seen the void. The children should not go to the playground today. We, we see, it's the Brisbane Lions. <laughs> we now cede all of our territory. Yeah. To the so unknowable knowledge of the world spider yes, is possessed by them. By these eldritch birds. So one of the strangest mechanisms that people... So basically what happens is, rather than try and create an environment where they would be... Um, where they would be... Um, maybe move to a place that's more suitable. You find them in the Botanic Gardens. You find them at fucking West End. They'll just like a little triangle of grass. There'll be curlews there. So they are adapting, but in a way that is fucking strange. Yeah, and also like they're adapting with the help of like council who were just putting up signs saying like there's, there's curlews. <laughs> just, <here." laughs> just FYI. It's like in the same way as there's just kind of like rocks falling. Yes. Steep descent. Fucking just watch yourself. <laughs> well, no, but Australia does the same thing with just like there are snakes. Yeah. <laughs> Be aware that snakes yeah. often exist and actually, in grass. Some Literally of my, nothing we can do. About yeah, it. some of my international friends were like uh, doing. They went to Binnabara and they're walking around a track and they had a sign that basically was like, "There's some stinging vines here. Don't touch them." And they were like, in the in the Netherlands where they're from, they would just remove them. Like, they wouldn't right. let them stay. Mm. They would remove dangerous plants. And yeah. we're just like, just don't fucking touch but it. If we did that, we'd be at it all day. The country is deadly. I have so much shit to do. There, there's got to be, like, a critical mass of just, like, how much deadly shit you have versus your ability to kind of, like, cope. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, now we've reached the point where it's just kind of, just be careful. Yeah. Fuck. God. So, one last thing on the curlews. Yeah. You would think that human population increase would result in decrease in curlew. Yes. Uh, but that hasn't been the case. In fact, curlews <laughs> fucking love urban environments. Nature is healing. And they... Well... So, so <laughs> Kuchimakle Island, which is an island off of um, 
It's in Morton Bay. It's in Morton Bay, but it's in the southern part. Anyway, um, they from 2001 to 2014, the human population rose by about 50%. Mm -hmm. Um, In the same period, the curly population increased by 154%. Yeah. They were like, fuck yeah. Let's fucking go. Let's go. I'm going to go scare your walls and screech into the night. Yeah. Vicky Point Shops Car Park. (laughs) Yeah. I thrive there. I thrive there. So these are the fun (laughs) and wacky birds that like, Somehow survive, and they survive a lot because Queensland and Brisbane in particular is thrown so much shit at us. We have bushfires. Yeah, we have boy, do we. floods. Boy, More do iconically, we. we have floods. More yes. iconically, we have floods for sure. And um, we ha- we only had a flood a bloody last year. Yeah, was it last year? Was it last year? It was last year. It was last year. Not big to us. It was yeah. It <laughs> sure was it at is. our doorstep. Yeah. Um, and so floods is a really uh core component of the Brisbane story. And in fact, um, Margaret Cook wrote a really incredible book called um, River with a City Problem, which is about Mm. the flooding of Brisbane and the fact that we kind of frame the river as something that can be controlled and contained. And we settled... Like, right there. Right on it. Mm. <laughs> like, For reasons which, as we mentioned before, are inexplicable. Yeah, <laughs> inexplicable and, and, and arbitrary. again, like if they just spoke to the indigenous people of the lands, they probably would have said, yeah, don't it's fucking do that. It's going to flood. <laughs> Yeah, Br- Brisbane is actually a terrible word for don't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we've we've had some pretty iconic yeah, so floods. In, the the biggest one I think oh actually, I actually forgot which one's the biggest one. Is it eighteen ninety three or nineteen seventy four? Are those your wait, only have you options? got those cards? Like eighteen ninety wait, eighteen ninety three baseball cards. Okay. Or nineteen seventy four. Eighteen ninety three was bigger. 1893 but, but, was bigger. But there was less. If I recall, the levels <laughs> of 1893 would have swallowed this entire building. Yes. Because it was like right 12 now. meters or and something. And 74 right. would have gotten up to our apartment. It did. It did get up to this yeah. apartment. Yeah, and this apartment is on the second floor. Yes. yes. So 1974 was massive. Mm-hmm. That was um, before they built the dam. Yeah, so they had to build right. a fucking dam in order to do it. They also tried to... Re- like smooth the curves of the river in order to like widen the river to let flood water move, which didn't, didn't work. work. <laughs> didn't they tried work. to dredge and to make it deeper so that there would be more capacity. That didn't work. Yeah, they try. They've tried a lot of things, and I think what Margaret Cook is basically trying to say is like, how about we just don't fucking live on the edge of the river? Yeah, because like yeah. that's the whole thing. Is that like we're talking about the animals? Yeah, like being amazing and adapting, and it's just like the settlement that is here. Doesn't adapt to what it is. The it te- is a flood The tendency plan. <laughs> of modern humans to try and kind of force our will upon the land yeah. rather than like adapt to our current situation. Yeah. Uh, like, because, okay, so in the area that we're in right now, we're in a pocket of Brisbane where the, the water just kind of floods over the corner of a turn. Yeah. You know, so there's a bend in the river, yeah. but then when the floods happen, it just goes, nope, taking that chunk. <laughs> Gone. And so this, this gets swallowed, this whole area here. And so 1974 and again in 2011, mm-hmm. enormous floods. Mm. And then interestingly, the, they keep calling it like a once in a century, once every hundred yeah. years flood. And we've had three within 50 years. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, because the one last year wasn't as big as 2011 or 1974, but it was still a massive destructive flood. Yeah, like it swallowed the street that's just up a single house down from and us. And for, yeah. for context, like Wyvernhoe mitigated 20- Wyvernhoe Dam. Dam. Yep. 
mitigated 2011 quite substantially and really mitigated what well, then but there was a controversy with 2011 where they didn't do it properly and that's why it was so bad yeah last year would have been 1893-esque had they not had the dam yeah and managed it the way they did yeah it was it something that i remember seeing watching the levels come, pop up like anxiously as the rain kept coming and kept coming and it was something like you know it's at 220 percent capacity i'm like, like oh how is that God. possible <laughs> <laughs> you know what those numbers don't aren't supposed to go off. Like, sorry guys we're gonna have to release this at some point yeah. and like, and otherwise that- it's gonna explode and then be like catastrophe yeah. worse. It, and essentially it's like the the damming was one of the solutions that was always it was raised way before they ended up doing Wyvernhoe Dam they were like we need to yeah, do this yeah it was in this. the 40s flood I think that they were like we need yeah. to do something about it but it's expensive it's an expensive enterprise and you know Queensland didn't have a lot of money Brisbane was not a wealthy city we have the, we were- why don't we just let the north half flood <laughs> <laughs> Are we back on this again? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Direct the water up. Up hill. The north. Yeah. Um, and so they, they really put it off and they put it off. And then it was after they had a couple of really nasty floods. They were like, yeah. well, we've got to do something about this. Yeah. And But one of the things that we need to do now is essentially um, buy up all the land that's right on the river and fucking let it be the wetlands that it needs to be. That it needs to be, yeah. I mean, there's other things as well where it's like uh, councils are trying to encourage developers not to build on floodplains because developers can do that more cheaply and therefore make more money Mm -hmm. because developers as a rule, and if you are a developer listening to this, fuck you, you fucking egregious cunt. (laughs) Exactly. Go fuck yourself. Um, So like (laughs) those people are are making like huge amounts of money off basically creating disposable houses because they're being put in places that Flood every know, 10 years. Well, but fortunately people are kind of wising up to that and like when we were looking for our place one of the first things that we would do is just look at flood maps yes you yeah. have to. Like, we're looking at flood maps there's no way I think the biggest thing that I remember about the floods in general is the cleanup. I mean last year it was mostly just because it would nearly eat our house and we had to evacuate and it was very frightening yeah. um, and very disturbing but it was 2011 that flood when the cleanup effort was just so coordinated and so yeah. amazing um and we actually, the, the Gray family at the time, we, we um, volunteered on the online system. Like, but they did—they towed us away because they're like, we've got like twenty thousand volunteers yeah, or it something. Was, it was—it was a really kind of touching moment there, and a moment to be really proud of to be coming from Brisbane, and, and you know, it's reflective of Australianness, but particularly yeah. reflective of Brisbaneness, mm. where it's like, for all of the talk of us being the, um, for all of us talk of being this big small town. Mm. That is actually reflected in some of the more positive side of being from Brisbane. And that is that, like, we are not as full of ourselves as some other cities are. Mm. Like, well, I love our people from Melbourne. I, like, we joke about other cities and competitors and stuff like that. But <laughs> culturally speaking, even people from Melbourne will tell you that people from Melbourne are up their own ass. Like, it's, you know, <laughs> like the tone of that is like, you know, the, the, there's definitely like a haughtiness to all of that and particularly in Sydney even more so. But like the thing about Brisbane, for all of the, the negative stuff that we talked about, the stuff that, that does hang around, there is a community sense here that it's like much like our response to magpies and kind of like just leave and be, just fucking figure mm. it out. Our response to situations like that is just like, oh well, well sleeves rolled up, let's fucking go. And it's possibly as a result of the fact that we've we've lived in these places that are exposed to extreme wildlife and extreme yeah. weather events and things like that for so long. So after this flood in 2011, what Sam is referring to right now is that there was a a cleanup effort because it was such a for the generation at the time 
an unprecedented, insane thing that happened. And because it also happened in the age of the internet, we saw video and um, photographic evidence daily of the sheer amount of destruction that happened during that flood. Mm. There were pictures of houses and buildings that were totally swallowed. And then once the water receded, there were pictures and video of houses that were completely coated in mud from head to way. We were seeing people clearing out their houses and throwing out precious things that they had because they've just been ruined by this thing. And the response of people from Brisbane was to rally and organize and go and clean shit up to help people move shit. Like you got these big burly dudes showing up in these big trucks, taking destroyed shit out of people's homes because they just, we just did. There was I, no selfishness there. I love the term mud army as well. The mud army. It was such Fuck a good label. Yeah. I don't know who came up with it. It was probably a journal or something. Yeah. You know, just like- Someone writing a really good headline. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, was, it was really amazing. But, and it was good to be a part of that. Like to the, yeah. to the point where again, we showed up and we, we got turned away time and time again because they're like, we've got people. Like, we're all good, mate. No, we're don't worry all about good. It. <laughs> and so it's just like, again, people rallied, people came together. And and that is one of the things that, there was one moment there where I'm just like, I fucking love that I'm from Brisbane. Yeah. And I loved it because I, I don't know if that would happen everywhere. Yeah. Certainly not with the tone that it did of the whole, all right, lads, here we go. Roll up yep. your sleeves and we'll just get this done. You know, and I, I think that that's freaking awesome. So for all of our kind of the darker side of our history and for all the weirdness of our wildlife and the pr improbable nature of where we're fucking based, ultimately the tone of Brisbane is a welcoming and supportive one. Mm. And even more so going into the future because as the, the rest of Australia grows more progressive and inclusive and uh, interested in reconciliation and understanding as the older generations who are holding those repugnant values are dying off and disappearing, we're becoming a world place. We're becoming a world city. And it's something that I'm extremely proud of as well. So if you do come to Australia, definitely come and visit Brisbane. Yeah. It's worth doing. We've got cool hip shit. We've got beautiful places to be. South Bank, I've been all around the world and it's right up there with some of the more beautiful and comfortable places that I've ever been. Um, so yeah, do it. It's been great talking about our hometown. Yeah. yeah. It's been really fun. So thanks for keeping us company while we did that. Um, plenty more to come from season two. Looking forward to doing it. You guys are great. But for now, it's time to say goodbye from me and the Sams. Goodbye now. Bye. I'm not sure what's going on there. See you later, guys. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're not speaking curl you, goodbye. <laughs> Take care of each other and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>